0: Hello, Mama. I hope you're having a glorious day. I'm so excited to be coming to you from my little closet. (laughs) So close to the move, like a month and a half away, and hopefully I will be out of this closet. (laughs) We'll see. But I'm so grateful for just any space to get to be here with you and do this together. So today we're going to talk about a question that came through the Facebook group. So whenever people join our Facebook group, I ask them a few questions. And one of them is, what are you struggling with most? And one of the things someone said, or or at some point they, they offered this question of, what do I do when I end up yelling at my husband? And what do I do with the kids? Like they're worried that something's wrong. Their their mind, their mind, little minds are working overtime, you know, thinking of all of the what-ifs, all the possibilities. And we know this because we do this in our own lives with different things. If we don't fully understand something, our mind often, especially if we struggle with anxiety, goes to the extremes and goes to a dark place. And so a lot of our kids are going to do the same thing. So I, I love this question. And So we're going to dive into this today. What do we do after we snap at our husbands we have some anger come out how do we handle that with our kids if they just saw that so we'll we'll talk about that before we jump in Hey, this question came from the Facebook group, so make sure you're in the Facebook group. I love, one of the main reasons I love you guys hopping in there, so that I can hear your feedback. I can get to know who you are and get to know your ideas. And um, my amazing uh, Kiwi friend, Lauren, leads our Facebook group, and she is so incredible, such an encourager, and it's such an amazing place of women running in the same direction, running towards God, trying to, to move on this journey of healing. And so I'd love to have you over there, and um, please whether it's in your questions when you enter or you can enter at any spot in the Facebook group, um, just let me know what kind of episodes you want. What questions do you have? I don't have all the answers, but maybe I can find a guest that does. And I would love to lend any answers I do have. So um, please just let me know. That means the world to me. It's growing like crazy. It's amazing what God is doing. So you can find it. Uh, if you go into Facebook, you can search for Morning Mama Collective. You can find the link in the show notes or you can go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Morning Mama Facebook group. I'd love to see you over there. So uh, we're going to dive into this topic today and I'm excited. So let's do it. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past All right, mama. So we are diving into this question of, after I snap at my husband and my kids have just seen this, what do I do? My kids are worried now. What, how do I handle this moment? And um, first of all, I just love this episode. I love this question because it's assuming that we've already messed up. <laughs> it's assuming that the, the deed was done. We lost our cool. We had some anger come out and now we need a plan for how to recover. And the reason I love these kind of episodes is because as much as I love uh, helping equip you to move forward, helping equip you to, to find the freedom that God offers and uh, to step into that, I also know the reality of living in a fallen, broken world as a fallen, broken human that even though we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus and he does set us free, we're still sinful human beings. And so this is inevitable. No matter how long you've been on your healing journey, you will have moments like this. Now, you know, as you as you grow, as you heal, most likely these are going to be more infrequent, less severe, right? Like this, it's going to get better, but... There's going to be moments you mess up. And so I want to prepare you for that because, uh, you know, we haven't talked about shame in a while, but when shame gets its voice into your head, it makes everything worse. And so what happens is, you know, you feel like you're doing well, you feel like you've healed. And I'm speaking even from my own experience, feel like I have freedom from this. And then you have a bad moment, right? You didn't eat enough lunch. You are pregnant, (laughs) It's my excuse all the time. Not an excuse, but it's been a struggle. Uh, you, uh, you know, whatever. It's just there's there's overwhelm. It's a season of stress. It's a season of chaos. Uh, whatever it is that triggers you, you've been doing so well, and all of a sudden you lose it again. And it can be so easy to just jump to this voice of shame that tells you, see you never really healed in the first place. Like God never did anything in you. That was just pretend. That wasn't real. You're not really set free from this. This is who you are. This is who you're always going to be. Right? So that's the voice of shame. I don't know if any of you recognize it, but it can be so loud. And so we've got to be equipped to fight it. We've got to um, expect and have a plan for when these moments come because they're going to come. And now it's not a license to just not heal and not do the work and not grow. Right. We're not saying that we're giving up on that pursuit, but we need to be prepared with a plan and know that that's going to happen. It's inevitable. And so I, I love talking about this. I'm excited to share that with you. And so whenever that voice of shame comes, just say, no, this is part of my journey. It's okay. And here's my plan. I know what to do next. So we're going to talk about what that plan can look like. And we've already kind of talked about what to do after you yell at your kids specifically. And so we kind of have some resources out there for that. But I love this nuance of a question. What if it's towards your spouse, but your kids have listened? And so we've also kind of talked about what to do after you yell at your spouse, right? And and in both instances, whether you you yell at your spouse, whether you yell at your kids, you need to apologize, you need to reset the situation. There's a lot more I've gone in depth with that. And we'll touch on it today. But, you know, we've kind of talked about that, but today, how do we handle that, that crossover? Your kids watched your explosion towards your spouse. What do we do then? And I think it's so important to have a plan here because, it can be, like we talked about in the beginning, so easy for our kids to worry. They can they can start wondering, you know, especially in this world, a 50% divorce rate, right? Like they see a conflict and they can immediately jump to this place of, oh my gosh, like my parents aren't going to be together. My parents don't love each other. My parents are going to get a divorce, right? We're, we're headed on this track. And so it's, it's so easy for the kids to fill in the blank with those kind of thoughts, you know, depending on their age. And, and if not those thoughts, just some anxiety, right? This is not how God created us to interact towards our spouse. This is not the plan he has laid out. And so someone watching that, especially our kids who love us, like our, uh, us as moms and our spouses, like love us both so much, right? And so when we're in conflict with each other, they feel that conflict because now part of them feels like they have to pick a side or they don't know what to do. Like they're they're trying to navigate this, right? Like And all of this can be subconscious. They might never say a single thing, but, you know, just imagine what it feels like when someone else is in a conflict in the same room as you. You can feel that. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do with your facial expressions. You don't know how to act, right? You don't know what to think. Like, and so our kids are going, through that every time this happens and so it is really important for us to talk about it with them to fill in the gaps so they're not stuck in this anxiety and worry and making up stories now also we we want to teach them as well that it's it's okay not okay to speak to each other that way right we want we don't want them to to watch us interact with our spouses and to think oh well you know, mommy talks to daddy that way, then I guess it's okay for me to talk to my sister that way or mommy that way or my daddy that way, right? So we want to to acknowledge the sin that happened. We want to acknowledge that this is not the ideal plan, right? We're, we're constantly acknowledging their sin. We're constantly asking them to own up for that. We're constantly giving them a consequence for that, or at least we should be. Like, we want to be doing that. It's a good thing, but we got to do the same for ourselves. We need to own up for our sin, our mistakes, and, and talk through them with our kids, just like we talk through with them when they make a mistake, when they're in sin. And so we also, yeah, just want to set that presence. This is not normal. This was sin. This was, this was a bad moment. And let's talk about it. So instead of just leaving it there, right? Like, and especially when you're, you know, maybe still a little bit in conflict, you're trying to recover, like you're trying to, to be okay, but you're still a little bit frustrated. Like it can be so easy just to kind of walk away. And just it's easier just to leave it there. And you know, you and your husband are gonna be okay. And it's just easier not to acknowledge it and like, yeah, my kids will be fine. We don't need to, we don't need to talk about it, right? And that's a temptation, and I get that, and that's easier, but we just talked about all the reasons why we don't want to do that. So So how can we handle that? We've got to press into doing the right thing and it's going to take courage. It's going to take some strength, but I know you can do it. And if you know your four steps, those are going to help you choose the right thing. So don't forget about those if if you have your pain and your peace cycle crafted. So here's what we're going to do. First of all, one of the biggest things I heard, and I think I shared this with you at some point, but it was a long time ago, This I heard this really cool tip, I think at some point when I was in grad school, about how if a conflict starts in front of the kids, it should be finished in front of the kids. Now, first of all, I know that's not always possible. We're going to go into the why we're going to do this anyways, but I know it's not always possible. I've, I've tried to do this, like knowing this, and sometimes the conflict is too big and it, it escalates. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we need to actually have this behind closed doors because it's, it's, we're not in a healthy place with this and we need to we don't want the kids to see all of this. But But the reason I say this, again, knowing that's not always possible, but the reason I say this is because our kids learn from us, right? They, they watch us. They learn how to be in relationships from how we're in relationships. And so they watch us in these conflicts and they watch them start. But so often a conflict starts in front of them. And then the parents go behind closed doors to resolve it, right? They're like, okay, let's, let's step aside. Let's go resolve this. And I get that mentality. It feels easier to do that. Like, you you know, you don't have to worry about every word you're saying. Obviously, you should always worry about what every word you're saying because you want to be honoring and respectful of your husband. But all I would say, I get it. But then the kids never actually learn how to resolve the conflict. They just learn how to start it. They learn how to be in the beginning of it. And so they never actually get to see those skills that you guys have, um, the love you have, How you choose the right thing and and choose to love each other in the middle of it. They never learn how to do that because they don't see the resolution part of the conflict. And so whenever possible, the best course of action is if you're going to start a conflict in front of your kids, finish it in front of your kids so they can see that resolution. They can see you make up and connect and and repair that rupture that just happened and, and love on each other. Now, another option, if, if you do need to, to step away for a moment because it's escalating and, you know, you, you're realizing, OK, this is like too much for, for the kids to be around. Uh, another option is you when you come back, you can talk with your kids through what happened through how you and your husband resolved that? Like what steps did you take? What did that look like? Let them ask questions. And we'll talk about that a little bit at the end, but you know, just, just kind of fill in the gaps for them so that they know what that looks like to resolve a conflict and they can learn with you on that. So that's my first thought for you. Now afterwards, right? We still have to, we still have to handle the aftermath. Like, they need to see the resolution, but there's more to do. So, you know, another another note on this is sometimes in the middle of a conflict, you know, maybe we have to go. Like, we're in the middle. There's not quite time to resolve it. Well, we got to get out the door. And it's like a non-negotiable situation. Like, we just got to go. Uh, you know, sometimes in the middle of that, I you know, and I can see my kids tense up from this conflict. And so then I'll often just stop and say, Hey, hey guys, I know it's not fun to see mommy and daddy argue. And I want you to know, we still love each other. We, we are for each other. We're just having a disagreement. And so this isn't just for when you yell right? Like you obviously can do this, should and can do this when you yell, but this could be a healthy conflict, right? Sometimes a a conflict isn't always unhealthy. It doesn't always mean that there's a big blow up. It doesn't mean um, always even that there's sin involved. I mean, often, you know, there's probably, get, you're going to get triggered in conflict. So there's probably going to be some sin that comes up at some point, whether it's pride, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, your your whatever your choice is of destructive coping, withdrawing, whatever. So there's probably going to be some of that. But all that to say, like, even in a, in a healthy argument that's happening, we can let our kids know, hey, we're just having a disagreement, and and actually, this happens sometimes when we're in a relationship with someone, when when we're on a team with someone, and especially as adults and, and as kids, we can have disagreements, and it doesn't mean that we don't like each other. It doesn't mean that we're not going to be together. It just means that we have different things, different ways we think about this, and we're trying to resolve that. And so, I just kind of walk my kids through that, right? And and doesn't matter how old they are, obviously. That's not fully going to register for really little kids, but my son is three. My daughter is one and a half. And, you know, I'm sure she's missing much of what I'm saying, but, you know, I started even when my son was little actually, because, you know, even whatever he's, he's, they can understand far more than what we think, first of all, but also just that moment of connection where I'm looking in his eyes and kind of helping him regulate and reassure him and, um, you know, there's probably parts of it that they are receiving. So, all that to say, like, no matter their age, you can totally do this. And so, if you have to stop mid-conversation, just just give them that, like, hey, we're working on this. Everything's okay. We're, we're going to resolve this, okay? All right. Now, after the conflict's over, once you are able to finish it, the next thing that is important to do, and this might feel obvious, but apologize to your spouse, but make sure you do it in front of your kids, right? That's kind of touching on what we were saying and making sure that they get to, the kids get to see the resolution of the conflict. But you want to apologize to your husband in front of your kids because they are getting then modeled what that looks like. Because apology is not easy, right? And we're constantly asking our kids to apologize. So if they're not saying us do it, it's going to be hard for them to do it. And so the more they can see us just step into that moment of humility and own up for the bad behavior we just had, the better it's going to be. And, and they're going to see, too, how to, to be loving and respectful in a relationship and, and how to be healthy in that. And this is important. You know, even if your spouse doesn't apologize, like even if you're the only one doing this, I know that can feel really hard, especially if you feel like that's the story all the time. But you got to remember, first of all, you're only responsible for yourself. Like God is working on your husband and that's their business. Like that's not your job to regulate his apologies. You know, you can have a conversation with him later about like, hey, you know, I just kind of feel like you don't apologize and, you know, see where that goes, right? But it's not your job to demand that or to not apologize because you're not getting getting an apology because you are responsible for your own sin. You are responsible for going to God and confessing and no one else is responsible for that. So, you can own up to that without the other person taking that same step. And in addition... Even if your kids are only seeing this from one side, that's still good for them to see. And they can even see just that extra level of humility that, okay, mommy is always making sure she apologizes. And that's just a good thing to see. So don't don't let that be your excuse if you're like, well, I don't want to be the only one apologizing. No. Yeah, just do it. Be the only one apologizing. That's great. That's fine. All right. The next thing that you do after you apologize to your spouse in front of your kids is apologize to your kids for talking to their daddy that way. And I heard this, I can't remember where I heard this, but I just like was kind of blown away by it. When I heard it, I was like, Oh my gosh, that makes sense. Like I, I am acting towards someone they love and they respect. I am acting inappropriately. I am hurting them. I'm being disrespectful, whatever that looked like. Right. And it's hurtful for my kids to see that, to see someone they love treated that way. And so if I go and then apologize to my kids and I'm say, hey, I'm so sorry for talking to your daddy that way. I shouldn't talk to him that way. You know, then they get to see like, hey, it's not okay that, that mommy talked this way. It's not okay. That's not normal behavior. And they get to know that it's it's not okay for, for me to treat their daddy that way. Because think about how I am hurting them by hurting their daddy, right? Like that's, it does affect them. And so they also deserve an apology, especially, you know, not if the conflict was just, Like, you know, you were able to stay calm and you you feel like there was no moment of, of sin in there. Like, we're not talking about that. We're talking about if there was the big explosion, if there was the anger, if there were unkind, unloving, disrespectful words that were said, that is when we would then take that extra step to apologize to our kids for treating their daddy that way. Okay, and then after that moment of apology, the next thing that we want to do is just talk to our kids. Check in with them. Say, hey... I know it was uncomfortable to see me and daddy in a conflict. And you can do this whether this was, like, a healthy conflict or whether it was a, you know, anger-filled, sin-filled conflict. Like, either way, you're going to want to do this same conversation because they can have anxiety from either kind. And so... We just want to go to them and ask, ask them questions. Hey, what was that like to see mommy and daddy arguing? What did you feel? What, what were you worried about? Um, What, what happens when inside of you, when you see that happen? Um, And then make sure you leave them for them to ask questions. Do you have any questions? Like, do you have any idea? Uh, Do you have anything that you're not sure about that you're worried about that you want to talk about? And your kids might not want to have any form of this conversation. And um, especially in that moment. And so often, like even I'll bring this conversation up later, especially if it was like, you know, obviously we try not to have big, ugly conflicts in front of our kids, but there have been times when this has happened. And so if it was one of those, I will often bring it up later in the day or if it was just, you know, like a a day with a a couple, you know, maybe healthy conflicts, but still conflicts, right? Then I I might bring it up later in the day at bedtime or something and say, hey, you know, mommy and daddy kind of had a lot of arguments today. Like, how are you doing? Like, was that hard for you? What was that like? And oftentimes, you know, a little bit later, he'll open up a little bit more about what he was feeling and thinking and, and how he's trying to process that. And I'm able to kind of speak some, some life into him, like we'll talk about in a minute. So yeah, just make sure you're creating that space for them. And, And even if they never open up to you, you know, whether it's in the moment or later, and you're just like, why are they never wanting to talk about this? That's okay. Like still do it (laughs) because then they know it's okay to talk about that with you. They know it's not this off limit topic that they have to keep to themselves and figure out for themselves. They know it's, it's a safe space to go to mommy and daddy with. And so maybe someday they'll do that. Maybe they'll find it a different way to do that, but they know that that is a okay thing to do okay then after we talk to them um ask them some questions have them ask any questions that they have you want to just talk about your commitment to each other so you know kids don't fully understand marriage right like especially and i always talk from the lens of my kids like they're very young they don't fully understand what marriage is about only what we tell them and what we show them and so we This is a great moment of teaching to get to to lay this foundation of biblical truth for marriage, of what it means to be married, what what God's intention is with marriage. And we can talk about, hey, like me and daddy, we are committed to each other. We're married. And because we're married, that means that no matter what happens, we're committed to each other. We are going to we're going to stay together. We're going to be a team. We're going to resolve any conflict that comes up. We have decided we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. And that's it. Bottom line. Right? And so we get to kind of help them learn that, learn how God crafted and created marriage and and help reassure them with that. So we're both teaching them about them for their future and reassuring them in the moment that, oh, okay, even when there is a conflict, it's okay because mommy and daddy are committed to each other. Now, I want to pause for a second and say, like, if, if you've been through a divorce, like, you know, you don't need to feel shame about this. If you have a new marriage, you can still talk about it in this way, even if you've made mistakes in the past. Obviously, there's going to need to be some more conversations around that, because maybe if they're old enough, they might be confused by that and try to understand that. And, you know, there is biblical grounds for divorce, right? If there's abuse going on, if there is an uh, ongoing infidelity, like there, there are reasons that this could end. But you know, the goal when we go into marriage, the way God planned it is that we are together forever. And so it's okay to stand firm on that and talk about that. We, we help our kids understand that marriage is not about feelings. Marriage is about a commitment and through it can be feelings and often our feelings. And we hope the feelings are there, but they're not always going to be there. And so even when there's, bad feelings and negative feelings and, and and feels like there's a lack of love that doesn't mean that the commitment is going to waver it doesn't mean that that's going to break anything and so we can we can help instill that in our kids, because especially in culture right now, marriage is, how do you feel? Oh, I fell out of love with this person, so I'm not going to be with them anymore. You know, I don't, I don't feel like we're right for each other anymore. I, I feel like something uh, else is going to be better, right? Like we can so easily let those, those thoughts uh, invade our marriages or invade, um, our conversations, or even just our kids, those thoughts are going to invade their minds if we're not speaking against that and helping them lay a biblical foundation for what marriage is and the commitment that we have for each other. So, this is what it looks like when we have a conflict, whether it's ugly, normal, healthy, whatever. These are the steps I want you to go through. We have to, one, help them, let them, see the resolution of the conflict. And if they don't see it, walk them through what we did to get there so that they can learn from us. Along with that, we also want to help normalize healthy conflict and that it's okay to have disagreements and that's a normal part of what it looks like to be in a relationship with someone. We also want to apologize to our spouse in front of them. We want to apologize to our kids for talking to their father that way. And ask them questions about what that was like for them and how they felt and any thoughts that they have. Ask that let them ask questions. And then we want to talk about our commitment to each other, that just because there's a disagreement, it doesn't mean that we're Gonna get a divorce it doesn't mean that we're not on the same team anymore it doesn't mean we don't love each other love is a choice it's not a feeling and helping our kids understand that biblical foundation so when we create this kind of openness with our kids about what's happening it's so helpful for them. They can understand healthy marriage better. They can understand healthy relationships better. It removes that anxiety. It helps them just to feel in control of what's happening. And the thing is, our kids are most of the time going to see parts of this. Now, I know there's some lower conflict couples that this this might not, you know, you might never have conflict in front of your kids. And I think some conflict, the healthy kind, is is good to have in front of your kids because it again, it normalizes that like in a relationship, there will be some conflict. Obviously we want to get rid of all unhealthy conflict completely. And that's what God is working on us in our hearts in. But again, there will be moments of mistakes. And in that moment we choose grace over shame. We don't let that voice of shame derail us even more. And so we have this cool opportunity to get to help our kids process what's going on and help them just get away from any kind of worry that they might have um, from what they see and they don't understand. So uh, let me just pray for you. God, I just thank you for marriage. I thank you for your plan for marriage. I thank you that we just uh, have this opportunity to live out this beautiful amazing plan of yours god that doesn't make sense to our culture uh but god that we get to press into that even when it's hard lord and i thank you that along with that we get to demonstrate this to our kids we get to be models of of what this looks like and god i just pray for every mama that's listening god you would give her the courage to have these conversations you would uh, just help her to just choose the grace over the shame in those moments where she messes up again and feels like it's never going to change god Uh, i thank you for the freedom and the healing you're bringing to her, God, but I also thank you for the grace that you're bringing to her, God, that, that there's never uh, a lack of grace, God. You always have more for us, God. And so I just pray over our kids, God. I pray protection. I pray that you would help us to be the kind of parents that that protect them and support them and and walk with them through these hard things, these confusing things in life. And we just thank you for that, uh, trusting us with that and that equipping uh, and that you are ultimately the, the ultimate of our kids and that we can trust them with you. God, you're so good. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.